Welcome back, my Disney addicts, to yet another episode of My Disney Addiction Podcast with your host, the Disney detective, Greg. Now, the other host, your ghost host, Chris, he's actually busy editing one of our Disney cooking videos. The first of its kind on our YouTube channel, My Disney Addiction Podcast. Make sure to check that out when that drops. Hopefully that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Guys, guys, I saw a sneak peek of it last night. <laughs> Blew my mind and I wanted to make what they were making in that video. Now, I won't issue out any spoilers here because I want you to find it out for yourself. But the first Disney cooking video has some pretty classic Disney nostalgia just already, you know, just rolled right into the dough. Oop. Maybe that's a little bit of a hint. <laughs> Regardless though, this episode is gonna be just a one-on-one, a heart-on-heart with your Disney detective and you, okay? This, this theme of this episode, it is very relatable, I feel, to everyone who is a fan of Disney. I'm going to be talking about my top 10 favorite Disney collectibles. Yes, uh, 10. So hard to narrow it down. I would have definitely wanted to sh sh share with you more than 10, but obviously we, we have a time limit on this episode. So I'm really, really excited to start off the list here with one of my favorites. This one um, sort of goes into one of my favorite just collections in general. Uh, it is mug collecting. That's right. As you can see here, this is, oh, let's see if I can get a good light. This is the Monsters, Inc. cup. Now, I know it's Pixar, but it's Disney Pixar, okay? This one is glorious. As you can see, it has, like, that title sequence of Monsters, Inc. with all the doors. More of a cartoon look. And, I don't know, just the design is very avant-garde. You know, you have, like, the rim is actually at an angle. It's not straight. And of course you have the the holder or like the hand holder for the mug. It's like, it's that monster that goes in between the doors as you, um, you know, listen to Randy Newman's Monsters Inc. theme. So this one is uh, one of my favorite collectibles. I, I drink out of it almost every day. Uh, it's gotta be careful though, because I do not want to nick it. This thing is, uh, is an artifact. It belongs in a museum. That's what Indiana Jones would have said for sure. So. There we go. That's the first one on the list. <sighs> Number two. Man, I'm just looking around. Which one should I talk about next? Okay, we'll go with the classic. So I'm sure many of you at one point or another have had a Mickey watch or have given a Mickey watch to a friend. Um, if not, definitely do that. It'll brighten up their day. Come on. So this one is one of my favorite Mickey watches. I'm trying to get the best view. I know that the lighting isn't the best, but anyway, it's right here. And, and as you can see, you have uh, Mickey Mouse off to the left side and he's just looking, smiling, putting his hands on his hips. He's just a happy camper right now. And uh, this one I actually got, it was a limited edition uh, sort of giveaway that they gave you when you were in the Disney parks uh, at the resorts and you bought a certain amount of, I don't know, items at the marketplace in that resort. Um, it's a, and so it is a limited edition printing of a watch. 
if I uh, turn it around, it doesn't show me the exact number that was made, but it does say limited edition. So that's when you know it truly is a limited edition. Yes, so um, I'm a huge watch guy as well, um, huge watch collector, and I do have a few other Disney watches, but out of all of the Disney watches that I have, this one is probably my favorite. Okay, number three on the list, I'm gonna have to choose this guy here. This is a Hallmark keepsake ornament of Buzz and Woody falling in style, if you will. So this one uh, is, is phenomenal, it's fantastic. Uh, just takes me back to when I was a kid watching the Toy Story movie. That actually was my first movie that I saw in theaters. My dad took me in, was it 1995? Yeah, 1995. Granted, I don't remember it because I was two at the time, but it's definitely cool to say that one of my first ever experiences uh, going to a movie theater was to watch Pixar's Toy Story. And I am also a huge collector of Hallmark keepsake ornaments. Um, it sort of started out as a tradition that my mother would do on St. Nick Day. And uh, whenever we, we would wake up throughout the years, she would, um, you know, greet us and treat us to a Hallmark keepsake ornament. So I recently turned 27. I have 26, of course, Hallmark keepsake ornaments uh, ready to adorn my tree um, every Christmas. So thank you, Mom, for that lovely tradition and it's just very nostalgic. So this is one of the many Disney Hallmark keepsake ornaments that I have. It's a very treasured collectible. All right, next one here. This one is verging a little bit into the Disney Cruise Line, <laughs> a little bit, actually all of it. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen my Disney shirt challenge posts on social media, but one of them was the Disney Castaway Key 5K shirt, and I also repped the medal that you get for running the 5K. Now, uh, this one comes with a very, very fun story. Um, if you listen to our most recent one, I think it was episode 29, we talked about some of our favorite Disney memories, and one of them was me, you know, winning the 5K races um, at, during the Castaway Key Marathon. Not, not, not marathon. Um, no, I, I actually would never run a marathon. I think that's a little too much, though I've never trained for one. So I'd give mad props to all those marathon runners, half marathon runners out there. You are so much braver and more intense than me. So kudos, hats off to you. But anyway, this one, um, of course, all of the runners get a, this exact same medal. So I'm a little salty about that because every time I ran the race, I got in first place. So you would think that they would ha at least have a different medal that would, you know, place the top three in on the Disney podium, if you will. But no, every every runner got the exact same medal. Um, but this one though belongs to a winner. All right, what are we on? Are we on number five? Man, we're just flying through this here. So. Um, next thing is, well, this one actually comes courtesy of one of my favorite uh, chains, uh, favorite stores to go to, to get Disney merch, and that is Box Lunch. They have some pretty great stuff that you can find, some um, awesome merchandise from, from the Disney movies and just the Disney lore in general. And uh, when I saw this in the store, 
it was an impulse buy, but I do not regret it. So it wasn't an impulse buy because of course you regret all those, right? And for me, honestly, throughout all my years of purchasing Disney products, never had an impulse buy. Never. That is a Greg fact. Anyway, so we are dealing with this. Emperor Cusco's comb. That's right. You know, from the beginning title sequence when Tom Jones sings Perfect World, yeah, Cusco brushing his hair, flinging it around, and then it falls into the, the, the cup by his mirror. Well, this one is an exact replica, or as exact as they could get. It's really shiny, so that's a plus. And the eye actually is a jewel. Now, it's not uh, it's not an actual jewel jewel. You know, it's just a, just a costume jewel. But uh, anyway, it, it just comes from one of my favorite Disney movies, probably my number three favorite and I just have it just hanging up here I, I did try I, ha I have tried combing my hair with it um, it's not really an effective comb just because the bristles I think that's what you call them right the 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 comb teeth there we go comb teeth are they're not really you know thin or it, there's just not enough you know like the space between them it's just too much for it to be an effective comb or brush but uh, come on, it's from Everest New Groove. Can't get better than that. Cusco, you definitely know your style, man. All right, I think we're on six, right? I'm losing track. I don't know. I'm just having a fun time here. Just having a really fun time. Next one up would be this one. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to show you the world but I'm gonna show you the magic carpet that Aladdin showed Jasmine the world on. So this one is also from Box Lunch. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, look at that. And, and for those of you who are just listening to this podcast, make sure you check out this episode on our YouTube channel just so you can actually see all of the collectibles that I'm showing you. Very, very important. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is this is more of like a tapestry or a throw um, of the magic carpet. And I just had to have it. I mean, who doesn't want the magic carpet carpet in their room, thrown on their couch? You know, come on. Be real with me here. Everybody wants it. It was great. All right, now this one is uh, coming back again to a Disney Parks memory, and I'm sure if you guys have watched uh, some previous episodes, I did mention this. Now this one is an Indiana Jones Stein from Disney's Hollywood Studios down in Walt Disney World. Now I got this lovely souvenir after I was chosen to be an extra in the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. So that one was a crazy ride. Uh, my family and I, we got in late during one of the showings and as we were making our way down the bleacher, the MC just happened to look in our section and started to pick out the extras. And uh, just without thinking, I just raised my hand and I started waving at her and lo and behold, she, she saw me. And so um, I, I got picked, brought, brought myself down to center stage, if you will. And it was just amazing because um, I've seen 
the of course epic's done spectacular so many times in the point of view of an audience audience member i never saw it the other way you know and uh so she had me do a goofy laugh i'm not going to do it right now because i would definitely embarrass myself but when i did it i don't know i had the magic of disney behind me i rattled off almost a pitch perfect goofy laugh a laugh that bill farmer the voice actor of goofy would be proud of and to this day one of my brothers he says no no no, they had a backing track of goofy's laugh that was not you i'm like nah brah nah brah nah was me but uh, at, after that they had me go up uh, sign a release form liability waiver uh, they get they got me dressed up in Cairo um, what's the word I'm looking for a Cairo a, a Cairo wardrobe outfit what have you um, got to wear a nice turban they brought me down um, during act two when Indian Marion were fighting off the evil bad guys and you know doing like stunts all over that jungle gym um it was just so so amazingly intense and that's what led me to the next time like the trip a couple years later i wanted to become an extra again just because during the first time i was not picked for the death scene now if any of you have ever seen the epic epic stunt spectacular you would know that about halfway through, as they were, you know, changing up the sets in the background, they had one of the extras do a death scene, you know, either by blow dart or by a gun. And ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be the one to do the death scene. I wanted, you know, to sprawl on the ground, you know, just perform this Oscar winning death. And, uh, you know, it's like any normal teenager and young adult, I would dream about it before going to sleep on how I would react, where I would fall, how many groans I would elicit, if you will. So I had this down to a T. I had it prepared, okay? Like my body was just itching to do it. So I had to, you know, become an extra again to try to get the death scene. Both times I did not get picked, unfortunately. So that's, again, on my bucket list. So when the next time I go down to Disney, which will be October 2020, I'll try to get the extra again and I'll try to do something to try to I'll make them pick me. I don't know. Maybe uh, flash them a, a Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin, if you will. You know, here's a, here's a little five, or maybe a 10. I don't know. I don't know. You want a fast pass to Disney's Peter Pan's flight? Because, you know, that's always a huge line. I, even though I don't, I don't know why, but it's just a huge line. So here, take this fast pass. We'll be good. I don't know. We'll see, but I'll definitely keep you guys updated. Whew. Indiana Jones. I don't think I've ever drunken, drinking, drank. I don't think I've ever drank out of this Stein before. It's again just more of a souvenir. It's a little dusty, but still though, one of my favorites. All right, guys. Now this one is uh, one that adorns my bookshelf. Uh, I'm a huge bibliophile i love reading i love collecting books things like that and when you take the love of reading and books and disney and mesh them together you just get harmony harmony abound right so one of my favorite disney books and this is this was hard to choose because i have so many and i wanted to share with you all of them but um this one uh, is one of my more recent ones it's called disney imagineering a behind the dreams look at making more magic real 
by the Imagineers. So this book basically chronicles the, the, um, the genesis of the Imagineering program with Walt Disney and all of the amazing strides that they made in theme park technology, you know, for, ever since Disneyland opened up to now. And they not, not only touch upon the American parks, but they go global. They talk about the newer ones like Disney Shanghai and Disney Sea Tokyo, everything like that. This book is a wonderful representation and just a nice blueprint of how Imagineers make the you know 2D world of Walt Disney Animation into something that you can walk through, that you can feel, that you can smell, that you can just have wonderful memories on. So uh, if you have a chance, definitely check this out. I definitely lend it to you, but uh, this is my copy, okay? Don't get ahead of yourselves. All right, so we're coming up near the end, folks. Um, this actually might go over 10. I don't know. It probably will, just because I'm on a roll. I love talking about my Disney collectibles here. So um, the next one is a little bit, I don't know if it's cheating or not, but I don't think it's cheating because it's Disney and it's something that I love to just share with, with everybody who walks into my home. So um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've been a huge admirer of, of Disney art, Disney fine art to be more uh, specific. And I also love drawing and painting. I recently picked up painting um, almost three years ago. Um, never really had an official art class before, so it was just more something that I wanted to do and, and to teach myself. And uh, one of my first Disney paintings was this guy. Um, I forget the, the dimensions. I think it's I think it's a 10 by 30, 10 inch by 30 inch canvas. It's gallery wrapped, and this is right here. And it is um, sort of a rainbow of the Fab Five plus Daisy. <laughs> I know, I feel bad for leaving Daisy out of that uh, wonderful name, but Fab Five. You have Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, and Minnie. Oh, let me see. There you go. Oh, yeah. And, it, and if you look closely, the design is based off of the new Mickey Mouse shorts. Um, and I know it, it's quite divisive because, you know, of course, you, you can't really beat classic Mickey and just the new age Mickey that we've really known since the 90s up until now. Um, but I really do find this style to harken back to the original classics, you know, back with the black and white, um, you know, back in the golden age of Disney. Um, as they were continuing to do those shorts. So it, it was definitely a nice um, homage to that. <laughs> and seriously, the shorts are hilarious. There's so many, and they're literally like five or seven minutes, maybe even less, and they're totally rewatchable. I've watched a ton of them already, just over and over and over again, because I love the storytelling, I love the voice acting, I love the animation. I'm just a huge fan of it. So that is what propelled me to create this canvas. Um, just depicting, you know, a newer design choice for the Fab Five plus Daisy. And ever since, I've just been on a roll with painting. I love painting. I've been doing um, the majority Disney-themed, I'd say. Um, but I'm sort of slowly branching out. I don't know if you can see behind me, but you got a couple of uh, Peter Pan uh, stills. 
from the movies. Um, I used glitter glue for, for Tinkerbell, of course, because you got to have it shine. You got to have it sparkle. That's the pixie dust magic of it. Um, so I had that. I have a, I have one that I did um, based off of Aladdin. Another one, Little Mermaid. Another one off of Monsters, Inc. Now, that one is one of my favorites. It's very intricate, very detailed, something that I really, really love. Um, and then I, I did a Star Wars-themed version of... Um, actually, switch that. I did a Buzz Lightyear of Star Command version of one of the classic Star Wars A New Hope posters. And then I think that might be it. Do I have any other Disney ones? No, but then I verged into um, Indiana Jones. Um, so I, I, I did um, Indiana Jones uh, digging for the Well of Souls in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm currently working on a Star Wars piece, and I'm really excited with how that's turning out. You just got to trust the process. That's my mantra, folks, and it should be yours too. Trust the process in anything that you do. Sorry about that. Getting a little motivational. Why not? Um, and then uh, I did a Batman 1966 poster um, or painting, I should say. Uh, that one I'm, I'm most particularly proud of just because it's very realist. Um, something that one of my favorite idols that I think would be able to have painted. Um, well, probably a lot better than me. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Norman Rockwell or Alex Ross. So they primarily work in gouache, which is like a more controlled watercolor substance. Uh, but basically it's like you're looking at someone just snapped a picture of everyday life or wh whomever that they painted. It's insane. Norman Rockwell, he was known for his Saturday evening post uh, pictures back in like the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Really big into that. Love his style. And then Alex Ross, his style looks very similar to Norman Rockwell's, except he just went overboard with superheroes and he works for DC, he works for Marvel, just making some amazing, amazing paintings for them. And it's just like bringing those superheroes into real life. Um, and I think that's that's all that I have for the paintings. I have so many more that are just floating in my head, just the ideas that I do want to put to canvas. But it takes time. It takes time, it takes a lot of effort, and again, just trust the process. So if, if you guys have any Disney you know, art or paintings or just sketches that you've done, please let us know. Send us pictures. We'd love to see them. And I'd love to talk to you about like what your process is. Because for artists, every artist process is different. And if you try to emulate someone, that, that that's fine. But for me, I sort of feel like that might be stifling your own creativity. So just go with something that, that works for you. I'm so intrigued whenever I talk with other artists to see how they actually create their work. And it makes it even more impactful and more i don't know just amazing in my eyes so definitely let us know in the comments or just over social media in general all right i think we're coming up to um the end almost um this one i'm saving for last just because well actually no we we have a couple more psych just kidding so um, the next one, again, it's just, it's going off of a, a collection that I've been um, sort of compounding over the years. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Steelbooks, but they're just like fancy jewel cases for your Blu-rays and DVDs. And especially over the past five years, they've definitely had an uptick in popularity. The reason why I love them is, well, because instead of, you, you know, that, that blue plastic of a jewel case of a Blu-ray, you get 
actual steel. It could be steel, I don't know, but it's metal. And the cover art is just phenomenal on all of them. Something completely different and you get, you know, certain artists that they commission to do the designs. And so for me, I've I've accrued some, uh, like a, a fair bit of Disney Steelbooks here. I'll just give you a, a show of a couple. Now I know that I'm sort of wrapping them into one of my Disney collectibles, but come on, I can bend the rules. This is my video, <laughs> let's be honest. So this one is an Aladdin Steelbook. As you can see, um, it's uh, it's a signature collection um, for, for, of course, the Walt Disney Studios. And uh, the front, pretty simple. You just have Aladdin and Jasmine on magic carpet um, over the sands of Agrabah, if you will. Then you have the the magic lamp. And then if you open it up and you look at it from like the front and back, you see that the magic lamp is producing genie. So he's on the back side of the steelbook. Another one that I really love is uh, recently uh, there is a, an anniversary edition of Peter Pan, one of my favorite classic Disney movies. And this one was uh, again, or is again, a Walt Disney signature edition. You have Peter Pan and Tinkerbell um, standing on the ledge of the darling children's room. And then of course, if you open it up again and you look in the back, there goes one of the Blu-rays. Glad they don't scratch. <laughs> but anyway, um, then on the back, you, you just see the back of Peter Pan and Tinkerbell looking into the room. So this is one of my favorite art designs of any steelbook that I do own. This is one of my more recent purchases. This is Beauty and the Beast. And this one is very classic, very well done. And it's beautiful. You have the stained glass rose on the front and on the back, you have this nice silhouette of uh, Belle and the Beast dancing. So very cool, very nice. Again, another Walt Disney Signature Edition. If you're wondering when and where I got these, you know, just throughout the past couple of years, but they were available at Best Buy, not a sponsor. <laughs> the next one here is uh, of The Little Mermaid. It was the 30th anniversary collection. Um, this is actually painted by Paige O'Hara. And I don't know if you know, but uh, Paige O'Hara, she voiced Belle in Beauty and the Beast back in 1991. And now she's a Disney fine artist, something that I aspire to be when I'm older. Um, so you see her painting Ariel uh, in the front, and then on the back you see a different uh, version, um, just her dancing with Flounder and Sebastian. Dancing, did I say dancing? Swimming is probably uh, the more apt verb in this case. But uh, yeah, just another great one to add to my collection. And that's pretty much it. And we're gonna wrap up with my favorite Disney film, Hercules, my Hercules Steelbook. This one is uh, with, of course, some of the, the cast and crew, I should say. Got Hercules, Meg or Megara, Philatides or Phil, and then Pegasus on the front. On the back, you have the villains, you have Hades, you have the Centaur, Hydra, the Fates, and I'm trying to look for pain and panic. I've never really, wow. How can you How can you leave out pain and panic? They're like the Timon and Pumbaa of the underworld, right? A little disappointing, but still though, my favorite steelbook. All right, guys. The last one here is, has a lot of memories for me, has a lot of nostalgia, has a lot of, 
I don't know, just happiness when I, whenever I look at this type of collectible. Um, again, it's a little cheating because it's not just like an exact singular piece. It's more of a collection. Um, but let me know if you guys were a part of this when, uh, or maybe still are, um, Disney pin collecting and Disney pin trading. Now I was about seven or eight when it really hit its mark in the Disney parks. And that, I mean, it caught on like a wildfire. Uh, it was insane. Everybody was doing it. You were wearing lanyards. And when I was that young, um, I was shy, of course, as a kid is. And my mom and dad purchased some Disney pins for me. Um, and that's what started my rabid collection of these of these pieces. And uh, just slowly grew, uh, grew throughout the years. But uh, as a kid, though, it definitely helped me get outside of my bubble and learn to, you know, converse and meet other people. I would be trading with some um, some children, you know, that were also on vacation down in Disney, uh, but primarily Disney cast members because they would have these lanyards. They would have little um, belt pouches where they would hold their their pins. You could go up the up to them and then you can ask to trade. Um, so that was that's one of my favorite memories growing up, especially going down to, to the Disney parks. And I'll just show you a couple of my favorite ones because I do have over 380 pins. And I think if I were to show you <laughs> every single one, uh, this thing, this podcast would go on for near eternity to infinity and beyond, as, as Buzz Lightyear would say. So we're going to start out with probably the first pin that I have ever received. I have never traded it. Do not want to trade it. It's my favorite one ever. This one is um, the Velcro. That's right. All right, here we go. So this one is depicting the Epcot ball with Sorcerer Mickey out in front. Now, in the early 2000s, I think Epcot put a big Mickey hand um, around the Epcot ball. And, you know, at night, it would sort of twinkle like he was doing some of his sorcery magic. And so my mother gave me this pin. And it has since stayed in my collection. It was it's one of the most cherished pins that I ever have. So I um, definitely put that up in the top in my collection. And then I, I just have so many other ones that span like the Disney Cruise Lines, the Disney Resorts, uh, different Disney properties, especially ones that they've acquired like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, things like that. So. I, as you can hear and see, I'm just going through all these just memories just firing back at me in quick succession. Um, there are some limited edition pins that I have, but just all in all, just phenomenal, phenomenal pieces that, you know, that I just love to continue to grow. And that's one of my things that I do is when I go down to Walt Disney World, um, a staple souvenir is a Disney pin. So every trip I get at least one. Um, and the most recent trip that I went down, I received two Disney pins, uh, and I got them signed. So here they are. Let me just pull them out. So this actually, I totally forgot about this as I was preparing for this episode. And as I was talking about it, I'm like, Greg, if you do not talk about and show these pins, I will never forgive you. So, um... Yeah, this was uh, January of 2020, and 
just it so happened during the time of my trip, Paige O'Hara, yes, the voice of Belle and the also Disney fine artist, she was making an appearance in Epcot during the Festival of the Arts to sort of uh, promote her pieces that she's painted um, and also, you know, to get signings and, and everyone um, just to meet her. And when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to go. I have to see her just because she, her voice was a part of my childhood. Give me chills, okay? And I was like, well, what if I bought a couple of Beauty and the Beast or Belle themed pins and asked her to sign them? So I went over uh, to the pin carousel place or the pin station um, in Future World of Epcot, purchased a couple and um, decided to make my way to where her signing was. When I got there, the cast members told me that you can only talk to her or she can only sign something if you've purchased one of her pieces that were of course on exhibit by her by her um, her kiosk. I was like, okay, um, not what I was expecting. Um, Disney fine art pieces, they do run quite expensive. Um, and I'm not saying that they're not worth that price, but I wasn't in the mood to drop that kind of dough. So I was like, okay, you know what? I gave it my best shot. And I was, as I was walking away, there was this little voice in my head that sounded vaguely similar to Jiminy Cricket. He was like, you know what? Why don't you give this a shot? Try to get her attention and see what happens. Use the Disney magic when you wish upon a star. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm recently watching Arrested Development. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have seen that, that, that TV show, but David Cross, he plays Tobias Fuke, Fuke in there. And there's this one skit he was doing where uh, he dressed up like Mrs. Doubtfire, but he, he calls himself... Mrs. Featherbottom, and when he was, uh, you know, be in the role, he sounded exactly how I sounded. So sorry, that was not a Jiminy Cricket, that was more of a Mrs. Featherbottom from Arrested Development. Good thing I'm not editing this. Here we go. This is, this is raw Greg, raw Disney detective. I'm so dorky. So dorky. But anyway, going back to my story. I then sat by a park bench, which was sort of by um, her signing table, and I was just, okay, like, I got there, and her signing was supposed to end about 30 minutes for, at, at that point. I'm like, okay, I'll just chill here, see what happens. There were a ton of cast members just flocking around her, like, secret security. And I was like, okay, I think I have no chance. I don't know if I can get through that wall of cast members. And so, um, she's, you know, talking with, with other, other fans who actually bought her work and uh you know i was looking at the time i was just chilling then all of a sudden you know they they pick up some of her pieces bring it back into the tent for the night her signing is is done so i saw her all alone and she was making her way back to the tent and that's when i decided to pounce now sidebar probably could have used better terminology but anyway it's just how it is so I walked up to her and said, excuse me, Paige O'Hara, I'm a huge fan of yours. I love Beauty and the Beast and I love your talent as a Disney fine artist. I do have a couple of bell pins here. I'm wondering if you can sign them for me. Now keep in mind, I was very articulate when I you know, dramatized what happened. 
when I was actually faced with her, my, uh, my, my, my super fan sort of took over and I just got really nervous, really giddy. And I was just speaking like at a mile a minute. It was amazing that she actually understood me, but, um, I gave her the pins it was actually just one. Actually. It was, um, I think I chose the stained glass rose. And I was like, can you please sign this? Please sign this. And then she's like, okay, do you have a pen? I'm like, yes, I do actually. And so she signed it and I was like, this is amazing. And then her husband was, you know, about to take her away. I'm like, you know what? Can you, can you just sign one more? <laughs> and she, yeah, she did. So she quickly signed both. And this is the bell reading the book in her dress or her lovely yellow gold shiny dress. And oh, I gotta say, I was over the moon. She was the sweetest thing. Oh my God. And when I heard her talking, oh, her voice, her voice guys, her voice. I'm just getting speechless right now trying to relive it. It was an amazing experience. She was so kind, so generous, and she didn't even have to sign my pins. I mean, her obligation was, you know, talk to fans and sign, sign, you know, autographs for those who actually purchased her work. And for me to come up at the end, no expectations of her to be so kind, so open. I mean, it's a testament to how great of a person Paige O'Hara is. So Paige O'Hara, <laughs> I mean, if I'm lucky enough to have you listen to this podcast, thank you so much. It meant the world to me, and it's one of my most cherished collectibles. So on that note, I think we're going to end it, folks. I have so many other just amazing pieces of collectibles just in the wings, ready to show you. If you want to see more from my Disney collection, please let me know in the comments below. Didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it did, which made it cooler. It was so sublime. <laughs> or you can just post uh, on social media as well. Um, I would love to share more. And if you want, I can also just post daily. So either way, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know you missed Chris. I miss Chris too. But we should definitely get him to see all of his collectibles. I think it'll be really cool to see his side of things. But anyway, do not forget to subscribe to this YouTube channel like follow on all of our social medias we have uh twitter facebook instagram youtube oh, and any podcast player of your choice like itunes spotify things like that we love talking about disney we love hearing from you and seeing how you're engaging with us let us know what other topics that you want us to talk about we would love to do that uh, but all in all this is the number one place to get your Disney fix. So I am your Disney detective, signing off. When you wish upon a star, make no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. That was a Titan Cast episode.